Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May of 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? Chinese chicken. Chinese chicken. No, that you you were singing. Take a thumbstick in their baby chicken. Bare naked ladies. Oh, that's what it is. Oh goodness, never again to be uttered on this podcast. What is ironic about the name of the band Bare Naked Ladies is that I'm pretty certain any single member of that band had never seen once a bare naked lady. That's right, and they're actually fully clothed men. Welcome to the last podcast on the left, everyone. I'm Ben Kissel, as always, staring at the beautiful Marcus Parks. Hello. And speaking of bare naked ladies, we're uh-huh. covering Leonard Lake and Charles Ng today, part two. And you're Henry Zabrowski. Oh, Say that you're Henry, so people know. Um, my name is Alton Brown <laughs> from the Cooking Channel. Yes, I love you on the Food and Network. And you've been using your graders wrong. You gotta rub them sideways, not up and down, you fucking assholes. Yeah. Ah, I'm a food nerd. Yeah, I think he has a show called Good Eats. He's one of the most obnoxious ones on the network. Good Eats is a paralyzingly boring show. That's right. And the food doesn't even look that good to eat. And so. Speaking of Good Eats, yes. we got Leonard Lake and Charles Hart. <laughs> Two working today. out the worst possible segues. This is oh, disgusting. Okay. Yes, we're back. All right, Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. Last episode, we got Char- uh, Leonard. He just joined the hippie commune, and people were kind of getting upset with him. They didn't like him very much. No, no, no. no. This uh, this horrible, balding, uh, bearded man who liked to shoot off his guns, talking military lingo, not doing well in the hippie commune. You know what hit me the, oh, I, as I was walking here today is that I realized that Leonard Lake is the type of guy that uh, Centerfold is his favorite song <laughs> oh, from the yes. Jay Giles band. Yeah, he's also the kind of guy who'll brag about how he's like, I can get a whole vagina in my mouth. <laughs> Where he'll like just put the bottom lip at the bottom of the vagina. I'm like, and right. like weirdly tongue stab the middle of it. Just strategically missing all the uh, sensor points of a vagina that might make a woman aroused. Exactly. Yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Leonard Lake. He was, and this is not surprising at all, a big fan of Soldier of Fortune magazine. Nothing like a good, even-tempered magazine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Soldier of Fortune, if you didn't know, was long a refuge for not only survivalists like Lake, but also especially in the late 70s, early 80s. 
a refuge for mercenaries willing to fight in African civil wars and straight out hitmen. And also losers. <laughs> and complete total losers wrapped up in fantasies of grandeur in which they would never do any of that shit. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of a militarized person in uh, in Sudan or something like that acting very similar to Billy Madison on Nudie Magazine Day. <laughs> but when it's Soldier, and for- Soldier of Fortune Day. So Lake, looking for a friend to share his survivalist knowledge and lifestyle with, placed an ad under the name Tom Myers and got responses from enough people that when former soldier Mark Novak got a hold of him, Lake had long been known in the survivalist community. And I'll put it this way, Leonard Lake was really good at making up fake names. Great at it. Good pseudonyms because yeah. Tom Myers sounds like a guy who definitely wouldn't be raping a bunch of people in a bunker. <laughs> no, absolutely it not. It sounds like a guy who would just be sort of looking at a bunch of people in a bunker <laughs> yeah. hanging out with them, being one of a member of a group of people inside of a bunker. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's a guy who has his own mayonnaise jars in the basement. He calls it Myers Mayonnaise, and he's <laughs> going door to door and selling it throughout the neighborhood. And it really rolls off the tongue when you yeah. want to meet somebody and go, hi, my name is Tom Myers. <laughs> yes. So, Novak, 21 years old, visited Lake at the ranch for three days and had a reasonably good time. You know, they played, you know, some Pinochle and they hung out. They watched some old episodes of MASH and mm-hmm. then he made some mashed potatoes. Well, that was it, which was weird to have just carbs <laughs> and no protein for food. But you, they were good. They were really salty, but they were good. Showed yeah, him some yeah. nudie pictures and uh, cocked a couple always of guns. Always that. Always, yeah. always showing the nudie. We cannot stress this enough, how Leonard Lake would show nude pictures that he had taken to Every person that he met. (laughs) Everybody. But Novak came away. He did have a good time, but he came away from the experience describing Lake as a bit of a, quote, shit talker. Well, he was a shit talker. At this point, all he was was talk about his bunker and all the things he had prepared for the end times. Because at this point, he was just living in a trailer. Yeah. Right. Desperately looking for other survivalist friends, which is just like the weakest thing for a survivalist to do. Mm-hmm. I thought survivalists were all about how like I stand on my own. Mm-hmm. I thought that was it was about being alone and only needing like one pair of shoes. Well, maybe if he had more, uh, if he saw more action in Vietnam like John Rambo did, he would know how to truly be a survivalist. No, no, no. All Leonard Lake spent his time doing, as far as I could tell, the extent of Leonard Lake's survivalist skills was putting shit in a plastic drum and burying it out in the woods. He learned how to twist knobs on a radio in the army on on our dime. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So, at the very least, Novak had a good enough time with Leonard Lake to suggest the experience to his new friend, Charles Ng. Just the fact that anybody could be friends with either one of these pieces is shit. It's just like, I can't believe how long... We're, Jeffrey Dahmer needed a friend. Yeah, but- Jeffrey Dahmer needed a friend. These guys these guys are just having friends come out of the woodwork. They're having, like, <laughs> poker games. Well, I would say these guys are slightly more personable and... Uh- they have the ability for friendship slightly more than Dahmer. I guess so, but their main focus is building bunkers and group rape. Much less dangerous for the friend if you don't have a uh, drill bit going through your skull <laughs> in an attempt to make you a human sex zombie. Well, that is an interesting thing about Charles Ng and Leonard Lake. See, Leonard Lake really only had one friend throughout his life, Charles Fatman Gunner. But 
Charles Ng. Charles actually, Fat Charles. It was more specific <laughs> excuse, than that. Excuse me, Fat Charles, Fat Charles Gunner. But Charles Ng, he made friends wherever he went. He he had friends in the Army, uh, places that he would work at. Later on, he had friends there. Every time he got into trouble, Leonard Lake or Charles Ng always had somebody to call. But he was just mm. a sour little man. <laughs> Every time you hear him talk, he's just like, oh, you know, they always they cry about what I do. They cry about what I done, and I never, I was just hanging around. I just hang around. <laughs> you know, I come around and I bring, oh, I yes, I do. I bring a big fancy pot. Yes, I brought a walk. Oh, is it funny? Is it funny? Every ref, everybody ref about the things I bring to the friendship. I mean, we can learn a lot from the movie The Hangover. It's always kind of fun to have a feisty Asian fella hanging around. I guess so. Yeah, I suppose so. So, Ng, at this moment, is serving in the Marines in Hawaii. And his time in the Marines was fairly uneventful until the eventual crash and burn. He was generally described as a loner, although he would entertain his fellow soldiers with his kung fu skills, which he would kick pencils out of their hands. And he was actually known for his kung fu skills and was pretty good with nunchucks. This is my question, Mm. again. Do we actually have witness testimony written down that says he was good at nunchucks? Or is he just one of those pieces of shit that you'd meet at, like, day camp when you're, like, 12 years old who's just like, oh, yeah, I'm pretty much expert at nunchucks. You should come by my garage. I have oh, it's two paper towel two paper towel rolls tied together with rubber band, and I'll fucking whip it across your face into your brine, my friend. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you just have to take him at his word. The same way as the six foot seven man, I just say, I can dunk the basketball, and everyone's like, I'm sure you can. I can't get off the ground. Yeah, but one look at your ankles, and they know that you're not much of a jumper. That's right. I used to have blood clots when I was uh, 21, and it really messed with my ankles, so thank you, Henry. <laughs> well, Charles Ng was described by former commanders as an exemplary m- Marine. As far as Marines yeah, went, that like, because he was also obsessed with violence. Mm. Like, he was the type of guy that would chant the uh, Marine front, like the type of shit that they chant during uh, the run, like the jogs during boot camp. He would say stuff like, uh, No kill, no thrill. Over and over and over again. Private, listen, I love your exuberance, all right? But I'm really going to need you to hit some of the L's in this, okay? I know it's, yeah. there is a barrier here, and I understand that we here in the Marines, we are equal opportunities. We're really, just, we're really gonna try for you to hit these L's, all right? Okay, of course, of course, Commander. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. No kill. All right, just repeat No kill, no thrill. No kill. No kill. <laughs> no thrill. <laughs> just give me gun. Let me just give me gun. Give Why everybody a- always complain about how I say things and what, and what I do and what I bring to friendship? <laughs> so, despite being a weird guy, He's always, and that's the other thing they said, that he'd constantly be in the corner practicing his spin kicks. Uh, <laughs> fucking loser. <laughs> no, I mean, this is what he has to do. I mean, this is, how difficult is it for an Asian American to find a uh, identity in, in this country, especially at this time? All he had was Bruce Lee and Kung Fu films. What else was he supposed to do? Hey, we have some great... Asian personalities that made their way in this country. Kobayashi. Okay. We Kobayashi, and we got Sunyi Allen. <laughs> so oh. big time, big players out there. George Takei, Takai. At this point, he's he doing was nothing. He was Sulu at this point. People were making fun of him. And the guy that was the butler in the Green Hornet, Kato. <laughs> that's, that's Jackie. That's, that's Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. <laughs> but I think that Charles Ng is not doing anything for Asian culture, doing high kicks, being like, oh, I dare a bird. Can't even close to me. Because a bird even comes close, I destroy it with, oh, I got a big swipe kick. Big swipe kick. 
Look at me. Look at me when I do it. Why is everybody's always complaining about what I do and when I practice my speaking? Well, they, he could have used a buddy, I think. Well, his buddy yeah. was, in fact, Mark Novak, the guy that had visited Leonard Lake. The two had met while they were shopping in the Army Surplus store. They noticed that they were wearing identical scuba diving watches. Hey, hey buddy, hey, what you wearing? What's that? What's that? It's a, it's a uh, Casio scuba diving rod uh, no. watch. Yeah, I love it. It's one no of the best watches I've ever seen. Fucking shit, my brain. Do you have the same? Look at it. With your eyeballs, dude. Man, it's so, like, I am white and you are different white. But I'm I feel a different like- type of white. <laughs> yeah. But I got to say, we friends now. And All you right. ever once complain about how we, what I do and what I bring to friendship, I tell you what. I will put you down in a bunker. I tie you to a recliner bed. I cut off your clothes with scissors, and I watch you as my as my body prays with your balls. <laughs> I think I'm going to recommend this guy go meet that psycho Leonard Lake to get him away from me. Yeah, well, they Tom they got, Myers. Tom, <laughs> Tom Myers. Tom Myers. Well, they did after they met at the Army Surplus Store. They decided to go have a soda together because they're both sober. Which also shows me this is the problem. I, I, I if you do have a drinking problem or a drug problem, I'm glad that you're you get out of it and you're sober and then you're being strong but a lot of times it means that you're an insufferable piece of shit <laughs> i have no problem with recovering alcoholics but for the person who's never touched any drugs including pharmaceutical drugs at any point in their life you haven't lived yeah <laughs> <laughs> so while they're having their soda they started talking about you know survivalism which charles ing was already pretty into uh and novak mentioned hey I just stayed a few days with this guy out in California. His name is Tom Myers. You ought to look him up sometime. So Charles Ng, this meeting would actually be pretty fortuitous for him because soon after this, he would go AWOL from the Marines after getting caught stealing $11,000 in machine guns, grenade launchers, rifles, and pistols from the base armory. Which is insane. He insane. he was obsessed with weaponry. He loved guns. But at the same time, what we're, we're going to discover about Charles Ng is that he had a true like problem with kleptomania. Yeah. Like He mm. loved to steal. He liked to get things over on people. He wanted to be smarter than everybody else, which is why him and Leonard Lake got along completely because the idea is there were the last two brave men in America by the end to really get what they want. Yeah. Uh, like real men's rights activists. You know, like they're really, <laughs> yeah. really great. Really strong men. Yeah. yeah. Really, man, as we get more and more into this, it's like Ng and Lake were like the proto-men's activists. Yes, it's Like horrible. the really obnoxious ones. The ones that are just fucking terrible, terrible pieces of shit. The ones who refer to women as whores constantly. Yes, yes. Yeah. And he, but he set all this up where he, he was talking a bunch of shit about how he was going to rob the armory. And everyone's just been like, all right, Charles, whatever, man. I don't think you should. But okay, so Charles Ng made friends with this one loser guy that was the guy, the night watchman at the armory, and it, it, like the, he realized like basically they had kind of struck up this sort of relationship with each other, and he had only struck up that relationship in order to get access to the armory. So Charles Ng is like literally trying to be friends, but the way Charles Ng is friends is, is truly like he goes, he's like, well, what's your name? <laughs> your name? Oh, your name is Brian. We friends are, Brian. Yeah, is that fun? Yeah, we friends, huh? I show you an unchuck. Come back, come back by, by him. Oh, look, you see my car here? I got an unchuck, and I got, oh, yeah, picture of Bruce Reed, because you know why? He's so tall. That's what I like about him. He's so tall. All right? Yeah. Now, what you're going to do, what he did was, it said to him, it's like, at night, you're going to pretend to go to sleep. 
outside of the armory, and I am going to go and steal everything from inside of it and leave, and then you have the perfect alibi, which is you were sleeping. <laughs> One of the worst alibis you can give. Yes, and then the dude eventually just gave him up because all these grenade launchers were missing yeah. from the armory. <laughs> and then finally, he was just like, Charles took it because they had already, they sort of assumed Charles was fucking around doing something because he was just being really shifty. Yeah, yeah really sneaky like a ninja, and I think they followed the pitter-patter of steps back to his bunk, and they found him with all the guns cuddling. But true ninja is not found because true ninja is one with shadow. That is a good point. So Ng, after he was caught, he managed to escape the custody of the chasers, which is slang for military police. He climbed out of a window and camped out in the Hawaiian jungle for a few days where he said he, quote, developed diarrhea from being continually wet. And that's not my fault. Because I go out there and you're like, yeah, no, I, I, I go out in Hawaii. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's a beach, a beach area, right? And there's like, pretty water everywhere. But I assume I go lay down next to a volcano. It's got to be dry, right? It's a volcano. I mean, I wrap, you know? But well, you know, it's wet, right? And I'm sitting around and I've got a wet bottom and I've got to re out of my pants and I can't hide my guns anymore. How did and you- everybody's always complaining. Yeah, there was no toilet paper or anything. How did you clean up or you're just. I found a koala. <laughs> you, uh, you used a koala bear. Yes. To wipe your butt. You see, koala bears made out of toilet paper. But you've ever seen that? <laughs> I've ever seen the ad with the two bears, and he gets a poo poo on the outside of his shirt. The Charmin ad, right. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what they don't show you. It's that they skin a koala, and they take the surface half fair of the koala, and they wrap the bear bears with it. So toilet paper is made out of koala. Yeah. <laughs> So after a few days of diarrhea in the jungle, Ng eventually ventured out, called up Nar- Mark Novak, told him to put put him into contact with Leonard Lake. But unfortunately for Ng, Leonard was no longer residing at the hippie ranch that we talked about in our last episode. For after months of the surrounding hippies complaining about Lake's bad habits... The conflicts eventually came to a head when Leonard Shedd, stockpiled with ammunition, caught fire and exploded in a hail of metal debris and bullet fragments. Which Ooh. seems to be the number one reason why you don't have a stockpile of, of bullets and fucking ammunition. Oh, I That's love the idea. why you don't idea. have a stockpile. I'm a huge fan. Fourth of July came early that year. Oh. I mean, these are fireworks, but in their truest form. But can you imagine that? Just like a hippie. It's like you got the, the black magic like the cult guys like next to Leonard Lake and they're just hanging out like trying to drink a goblet of grape juice and going like it's like I think we're going to have a plentiful falstosis and there's a flash I like the way that Lawrence Lake shook up that community oh they he should have be shook up a little bit yeah shook him enough shook him up enough where they kicked his ass out like in like Sinbad in the movie House Guest that's yeah. right that those those white suburbanites needed a little bit of culture in their life so after being kicked out of the ranch, Leonard and Cricket landed in Philo, California, attracted by a magazine article that described Philo as the perfect place to sit out a worldwide nuclear holocaust. Gotta get there. Gotta get to Philo. So Leonard got a job managing a hotel while Cricket continued her career as a teacher's aide. 
And shortly after relocating, the two got hitched on September 13th, 1981, with Fat Charles serving as best man, just as Leonard had done for him years before. Now, that's true friendship. Mm, yeah. It is. So, Charles Ng would arrive soon after the marriage, and the three of them made fast friends and moved out to Indian Creek Ranch. And the owner of the hotel that Leonard Lake was uh, managing was reportedly happy to be rid of the guy who seemed to only be able to talk about the nuclear holocaust and his quote-unquote ops. God, what a pain in the asshole he must have been. Yeah. Right, and those are the worst kinds of pain. What? Uh, how did Charles Ng find him exactly? So he went to the he went to the commune and was just like, "Where is he?" And they told him where he had gone to. Leonard uh, Lake had gone to. Well, I think they had gotten a hold of him before they went to the ranch. I'm not exactly. Oh, well, okay. they started the problem, writing letters. Well, the, yeah, the problem with the with Leonard Lake and Charles Ng is that the timeline is extremely difficult yeah. to truly lay out. Was because, uh, because it was this kind of drifter mentality. Yeah. Leonard Lake had no mm. real address. He was going between various hippie communes. He was operating under a pseudonym, a pseudonym, like getting letters sent to him from various survivalists who were also writing under pseudonyms. He's the whole point is to be completely isolated and secret. He accepts Charles Ng it's technically as a job because he was supposed to be there, sort of be like his assistant, mm. where he was like paying him to do kind of odd jobs around the house, which mostly just included holding young girls' ankles while he serviced at them, mm -hmm. and he just kind of got involved in it. But you yeah. know how it was. It was like Charles Ng showed up with, like, you know, a pack on a stick right. and just saw Leonard Lake, like, whittling a pair of handcuffs <laughs> out in front of his trailer just going, like, glad you found me, stranger. And then all of a sudden they were just rollicking good buddies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a lot like Henry Lee Lucas and Otis Tool. The actual timeline is very muddy. Uh, and yeah. there's not a whole lot of witnesses to really corroborate exactly what was going on in their lives at the time. But as to why Leonard Lake and Charles Ng got along so well so fast, Ng later said, and this is an exact quote with the exact syntax that Ng used. I look at him as a person that have, like, seen it to me. I view him as a patriot because he has fought for the country, and I view him as a person who was very knowledgeable about different things like homesteading and history and geography and also the things of common, common interest that we have in the Marine Corps that we usually talk about. And and he never complained. <laughs> he never right. once complained about what I bring to friendship. It does seem like true friendship. I mean, this guy loved what uh, Lake was selling, and uh, Lake didn't mind when he was uh, when Ing kept on kicking pencils out of his uh, hands. <laughs> but also we're going to find out that Leonard Lake also... Sort of like H.H. H. Holmes, which is very interesting. I just made that connection. Used Peitzel as sort of like his goon. Mm -hmm. He's going to use Charles Ng as his goon and eventually is going to constantly sell him down the river. Yeah. Every single time the two of them are caught mm -hmm. in like a crossfire or where like they're both caught in a crime together, the two of them immediately turn on each other. Yeah. And Leonard Lake, I mean, what we're going to find when they're finally discovered down the, down the line is that Leonard Lake just shot fucking Charles Ng, just like just fucking ducked out on him and left him to be arrested. Mm -hmm. Much like how the Green Hornet treated Cato. The Green Hornet treated Cato wonderfully. No, no, no. <laughs> Cato he, had a lot of secret work partners. They were no. full Did he partners. Own Cato. That's a good question. <laughs> he was his butler. Cato uh, was his butler. Exactly. He was paid a living wage. So my analogy holds up. <laughs> Perfect. My sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person. It's Jackie Zabrowski. She shops all year, thinking about. 
her family and friends and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it. But guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an Aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the Aura frame up in my home. We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. It's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins as soon as I wake up. And a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. So the trio's stay at Indian Creek Ranch would also be short-lived as Leonard once again started stockpiling weapons. Just have one weapon. One. Well, he liked weapons, of course. He's a survivalist. Survivalist and a stockpile of weapons go hand in hand. This, of course, caught the attention of the locals who managed to either hear about or figure out that the odd little Chinese man who was puttering about the property was an escaped fugitive. The cops raided the place, found Ng, and the illegal modifications Lake had made 
made to his guns and arrested them both. Aang was sent back to Hawaii to face a court-martial. Which is the nicest place to have a court-martial. The best place to have a court-martial, while Leonard would skip bail after his arrest and his life as a fugitive would officially begin. He would say that in his diary that he realized that like when he was waiting to be transferred between the holding cell and where he was supposed to go to be tried, he was just like, this is my time. Yeah. I'm going to make Operation Miranda happen now. Like, he had been waiting all this time because he'd realized that. The, the one thing about a consummate shit talker is that deep, deep, deep inside, they know they're a shit talker. Mm-hmm. I know in the end, they can't really be full badass unless they do something about it. And that's what he decided to do was make the choice and be the Leonard Lake that we would now know him as. Yeah. Backs against the wall, no other choice. Absolutely. Yeah. But, however, unfortunately... Cricket would not want to live the fugitive life with Charles Ng. And so, even though the two would date on and off for the next few years, Leonard was once again a solitary man and in need of a new identity, literally. Because that's what he realized as a man on the run. A a, a part of that is you need identities to to cycle through. Like, you need to set up, like, leases and you need to get, like, cars and shit. You need to do a bunch of legal shit. In order to do that, you need a license. Yeah. You need a license, you need some you need a license, a social security card, and you need to be able to cycle through them fairly quickly. So what you, how you do that is by uh, shooting them in the head and grinding up their bones afterwards. <laughs> yep, and he did that hmm. to his younger brother, Donald. Now, we'll remember that the last episode we talked about how all he talked about was to talk shit about killing his brother. Yeah. But he never did it until he actually did it. Yeah, until he actually killed his own they brother. They didn't he- really look alike, but he knew that he could pass for yeah. him if you just kind of mm. take the license plate and kind of, you know, the license and kind of whap it in front of a police's <laughs> face and then run away. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he brought him up, shot him in the head. And while Lake and Cricket were divorced, she still allowed him to live at her family's cabin up in Willsieville, California, not far from San Francisco. And this cabin would be where Leonard Lake finally would have the perfect place to carry out Operation Miranda. So this was the first kill under Lake's belt, right? As far as we know, and there are also- rumors to say, like, one person did say that they caught or they helped Leonard Lake take a refrigerator out to the dump and the door was welded shut before this. Uh, so there are a little rumors here yeah. and there, but who knows if that's just someone looking for attention. We've all lived in a college house before, and, oppo- and, uh, and opposed to uh, cleaning the refrigerator, <laughs> you just weld it shut and put it on the curb. Absolutely. Because uh, it can get pretty disgusting. So yeah. this might have been the first person he fantasized about killing, yeah. sort of similar to Edward Gein. But you're going to... Yeah. And then it, he did kill his brother. So it's a hell yeah. of a way to... I guess it's uh, you go back to what you want to do in the first place, and then it's a good jumping point. I but suppose. now we're going to see the pattern that Leonard Lake and Charles Ng are going to settle into, which is killing for, for for convenience and purpose. He killed his brother to get his ID. You're going to see this again and again where he's going to kill men in order to steal their identities and use their identities and their property. And then he then kills for passion, which is a part of his sexual release. Mm-hmm. And so he is doing it all now. Now he's he's very similar to an H.H. H. Holmes. Yeah. Because he's an opportunity killer and a sexual killer. Yeah, absolutely. So this house was actually the perfect location for this. It was the end of 200 yards of unpaved road, relatively secluded spot, surrounded by huge, thick Californian trees and low hills. There were other houses nearby, but... 
they were positioned in such a way that gave Leonard all the privacy that he needed. What kind mm. of hold did he have over Cricket that she would let him use her house? Well, I don't think that any other man wanted to be with the multiple used Cricket. <laughs> Cricket was kind of hot in a gangly, kind of weird face. Cricket way. was hot in like a Carla Faye Tucker kind of way. In a way that you find extremely hot. Is what the you're way that I found yeah. attractive, yes. Well, we don't know if she wasn't slobbing knobs all over town. I would assume she wasn't exactly, uh, you know, held too close to the celibacy. Well, there is a lot of speculation as far as what Cricket's involvement in all of these crimes actually were. Well, this is where I'm going to say that's what this points to. Later on, she completely absolved herself from any sort of involvement with the crime. She be, she got uh, immunity for her testimony, but she was definitely an orchestrator. She had yeah, helped right. bring women into the scenario earlier on where they brought it more, because before they were just doing sort of torture play mm-hmm. where they would abuse her and then not kill her. But as they started killing the women, mostly it's because I think that she kind of validated in her head that Leonard Lake was killing these women in order to get rid of the bodies and so you don't have any witnesses for them to talk about what they were doing alone in the room yeah and that is one area where the men's rights movement is not entirely off base the incarceration rates between men and women are drastically more for men than they are for women yes okay yes they are wow very good <laughs> i'm do- let's we don't side with them no absolutely not that's just that's just a fact yes it, it is a fact but the reason why cricket didn't go away is because all of the evidence they had against cricket was extremely circumstantial there was no way that they were going to actually charge her for a crime so the it was reason the- why they gave her immunity was because they thought that she would have some information to put away charles ing for good so it was actually on the part of the prosecution a good move. And the oh, big, uh, the only the big move they tell about yeah. Cricket's involvement is that she had spank calluses. <laughs> Just like huh. two calluses on her buttocks in the shape of a human hand. A lot of talcum powder <laughs> around the house, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. So Leonard Lake's new location, at first, he did reasonably well with the new neighbors, although the first interactions were not without their speed bumps. See, Lake had bought a dog that he named Woobon. Now, what does Woobon mean? I googled it and nothing came nothing. up. Nothing. All right. Not a single goddamn thing came up for Woobon. I think he just looked at it and said Woobon. And then <laughs> he's like, that's your name, Woobon. Yeah. Woobon was a German shepherd, hmm. and one of the neighbor's dogs decided to get a little frisky with Woobon, and Lake, taking exception, shot the neighbor's dog. That's not a good move. Not That's a good not move. how you get ingratiated into your secretly secluded place where you're trying to create your sex lunch. <laughs> Absolutely not. You let the dogs hump it out. Well, the neighbors, at first understandably upset, were mm-hmm. eventually charmed by Lake. They invited him to a barbecue the following Saturday, and after further conversation, Lake and the couple exchanged pornographic videos, and Lake officially is comfortable. At his new what place. What was happening back then? This is a <laughs> this different is just how time. People, is this the 70s, Marcus? This is 1983. This is the 80s. Oh, my yeah. God. Well, this is the thing, is that Leonard Lake, that's the only reason why they were even charmed by Leonard Lake is because he was the type of man that was making homemade porno videos that he right. would share with his neighbors at a barbecue. <laughs> Ronald Reagan's lying in a hospital bed almost dying from gunshot wounds, and these people were in the woods exchanging porno and... Forgiving someone for killing their dog? Technically, life is better that way, I guess. I guess so. <laughs> so it was now time for Lake to begin his search for his M-Lady, as he called her. 
He rented out an apartment in the infamous Pink Palace of Haight-Ashbury in San Francisco, long known to be a refuge for transients. So, here at the Pink Palaces, he used the name Alan Dre and started to make friends with some of his fellow residents. Three of his victims would come from the Pink Palace Vietnam vet Randy Jacobson, known for being a little too trusting. Which is normally the opposite for a Vietnam vet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Well, he's just looking for somebody to be nice to him. The other one was Maurice Rock, a groovy pothead guitar player. And Cheryl Okoro, Maurice's girlfriend. Now, Lake lured Maurice and Okoro up to the mountains, telling them that they could have all the weed they wanted if they would just come up and help him harvest his crop. He lured them with weed, huh? He lured them with weed. Wow. And uh, while Maurice's complete body would be found dressed in the same three-piece corduroy suit he left San Francisco in, all that would be found of a coro would be a section of leg bone and a neck vertebrae that they ID'd her with using DNA. She didn't live, huh? No. No. Can't live like that. No, no, no. It's not like she's a transformer that comes apart in pieces and then would go back together. Like, yep, 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 yep. Right. No, that's not going to work. But before her death, evidence suggests that a Koro would be what we could call the proto-M lady. His practice His M lady. practice M lady. For At this point, the bunker wasn't... The, the construction on the bunker was not yet completed, but concerning a Koro, police would find a picture of her standing outside of Leonard's house wearing handcuffs. So this has got to be the worst final thought in your head when you get up to the top of the mountain. You're like, "There's no weed," and then you're immediately hit in the back of the head with a crowbar or yes. something yeah. like that. That's exactly what it is. It's yeah. just, it's really sad. Very sad. Weed's so innocent. At least yeah. give them the weed. At least when you're drugged and then murdered, you got the drug. And then this poor Maury Rock is just sitting there, just going like, "I thought we were just gonna smoke weed." <laughs> yeah. And Leonard's legs just like. <laughs> There's no weed here. Only condom wrappers. <laughs> no, <Yeah>. man. <laughs> no, condoms, man. You're lame. Where's the condoms? And then he takes out his penis. He's got 30 on there. <laughs> yeah, kind of fun. But these are very, these are like archetypes from every horror movie. You they really are. Girl, you're stoner. Mm-hmm, yeah, girl, stoner, uh, kind of quiet Vietnam, quiet veteran that just kind of wants to be left yeah. alone. They all end up dying, though. Uh, but. Okoro, the closest she would come to being an M lady, and this is another thing that suggests very heavy cricket involvement. Cricket would play Okoro in a pornographic video that she and Lake sent to a collector of erotica. And, the, he, and these were the ones right. he filmed a lot of just like close-up pussy ones. They were what those videos. Like, you know the, the yeah. porn videos where it's just like the genitals? Out of context? Like it. Yeah, it looks like of, a prawn from District well, 9. Like, she'll kind of go <laughs> yeah. like, plap, 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 plap. Yeah, she was masturbating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it was, yeah, the up-close genital. Anybody out there who makes pornography, just get out of there. I want to see the full picture. I want to see the whole thing. Vaginas are beautiful. I like to see them. Yes. But I say, yeah, let's get some face in there. I right. want to see your face. There's been an uptick <laughs> in the male butthole shots. I want to say that as well. Yeah, get those yeah, out of here. No one wants yeah. the behind I mean, that. The back do. of the balls. Yeah, it was the 80s was the heyday for those, that, but they're coming back for some I reason. hate it when they do that. They shoot underneath the man's right. balls Ugh. into it, into uh. the, the sex. And before no. you think we're getting into sex talk, that is an actual, uh, exactly what the conversation was between Lake and his neighbors <laughs> while they watched the sex tape. These problems have been going on since the 80s. <laughs> 
and by the way, Randy Jacobson, uh, the reason why he was killed disability checks which is quite ironic or for the fact that leonard lake grew up saying every all these people that uh, were living off right, of right. welfare were vampires yeah exactly and this is also a trick that leonard would use over and over again he would deliberately pick people who got government checks to kill uh and then he would use various ident- he wouldn't actually like he would kill one person and then sign a check from that person to one of his alter egos to one of his stolen identities and then cash the check that way. It was just this huge shell game. Do you think that he put the check in his left hand and then like slowly gave it to his right hand and then shook his Thank own hand. Thank you, Mr. Myers. <laughs> You're welcome, Mr. Rock. You're welcome. <laughs> and, of course, at the same time that he was picking these people off in San Francisco, he also started his journal, which, unsurprisingly, it's mostly whining about how women are quote-unquote whores, mm. longing about cricket, saying things like, Why do I love her so? Wish I could turn it off. And, of course, his musings on his M ladies. This is something uh, from his journal about the collector. Ah, the collector. Has it really been near 20 years I've carried this fantasy? Miranda, my lovely little prisoner of the future. I suppose in my way I am the same wimp as the hero, and in my way I just as crazy. I have no doubt we wimps have been compensating for our inability since the dawn of history. Sad, really. Still, how can we die if we never live? Wow, wow, wow. Nerd alert, nerd alert, nerd alert, nerd alert. Unbelievable. These guys are pathetic. They're absolutely pathetic. Yeah, I mean, it reads like a fucking Reddit post. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and this is also, and Leonard, he also wrote a lot about his survivalist beliefs. This is again from his journal. Amusing. Our, quote, land of the free, unquote, is not prepared to deal effectively with a truly free man. What can they do to one who carries cyanide pills in his pockets? Oh, tiny penis. The la- he doesn't think it's the land of the free because the land of the free doesn't want him to have a murder basement where he films everybody dying at his yeah, hands. They hate it when he kills people for the I quote unquote identities. Oh, I see. Quote welfare checks. Wow, I've heard a lot of reasonings behind this is why America isn't the most free country, but this isn't one of them. No, 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 no. This is not valid. So around March of 1983, Leonard decides that it's time to shed his brother's identity and in his mind the most logical replacement was an identity that he already knew how to manipulate. An identity with a lot of room to give inside of it. You know what I'm saying? Please, please tell me it's Charles Ng. (laughs) Tell me that he goes in brown face. Like uh, like Selig, the great uh, Woody Allen film. Wonderful film. Nope. At this point it is time to finally implement Operation Fish. The plan was to kill his best friend, Charles Gunner. Please, Fat Charles. Fat Charles, and use his name and identification to stay ahead of the law. He called it Operation Fish as both a means of subterfuge and just a little joke to himself. Which is very interesting because this is the, I love, the fucking this nerd piece of shit. Gunner, well aware of how large a man he was, would often refer to himself as a beached whale, and Lake thought that if anyone stumbled upon his plans, there's no way they would make the connection between Gunner and Operation Fitch, as in the words of Don Lassenter in Die For Me, whales aren't even fish, they're mammals. God, I want to murder this man. <laughs> but it's also... 
Leonard Lake was also kind of fat. He was a bit of a chubber. So make a fun of Charles Gunner for being fat. You're fat too. Yeah, but yeah, Gunner but was super fat. Yeah, Gunner the thinner was, fat always yeah. makes fun of the larger fat. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. To get the nickname of Fat Charles, <laughs> yeah. you have to be very fat. Yeah, Gunner was five eight, four hundred pounds. Ooh. Yeah, people tend to associate with people uh, with individuals in a relatively like weight wise and, and physical attraction wise. And then there's yeah. always the hot one, but you know she can top out at five. Yeah, he but then was she a, hangs out with fours and threes and men as well. He was a real dwarf. Was that movie called <laughs> Dor- Dwarf on Dwarf Golf? Dwarf, dwarf playing golf. No, yeah. no, Duff. What was the movie with the girl that's supposed to be ugly, but she's not ugly, and it, they say it's they say she's ugly just because she's got brown hair or something? She's all that. No, the other one where it's called, like, D- D- Dife. Every every romantic <laughs> comedy. Yeah, that's every high school comedy, yeah. But you're th- she's all that is the same exact plot. Are you talking about Clueless? When Duh. they had the audacity no, no, to make clueless. that beautiful, uh, I think it's called like Clarf. <laughs> I do love the movie Clarf. It's yeah, about that talking all shoe. A big fan of Clarf. Uh, here's a bit of information about Charles Gunner, by the way. Described by his neighbors as quote an overweight, good-natured, if somewhat oafish near do well. Gunner often beat his children, and this was a fact that Leonard would use to justify his murder. So there would be a lot of false starts to Operation Fish. This is from Leonard's journal dated April 5th, 1983. Operation Fish failed. Charles is simply too heavy to move. Sigh. He writes sigh at the end of a lot of journal entries. Like, actually writes out the words. Yeah, like he's a 12 year old girl. (laughs) Yeah. Lake failed again when Charles refused to eat poison snacks that Lake had made for him, and failed yet again when Lake tried to kill him with poison gas, but didn't use enough to knock him out. He's a big guy. I love the poison snacks. I just <laughs> want to see Lake cooking them up. This has got to work. Absolutely. It's just it's like a bunch of like anchovies and cheese on crackers. <laughs> and he's just like, hey, you want some of our new uh, Fat Charles? <laughs> hey, Fat Charles, want to try some of my uh, these snacks I made? It's for lunch. I uh, Wouldn't you believe it? I've started my diet today. You know, I always say I'll start my diet tomorrow. I've started it today. I, this is my day. You never. Leonard, start thank you so much for supporting me because you know that I've been trying to lose weight. It's been a really big problem but in my I life, and I have a bad heart. Well, thank you for your support. New snacks that yeah. I saved in the kitchen to make fat jars. Literally any other day, I would have eaten those. Sigh. <laughs> Texas Pete is a sauce and allows you to sauce like you mean it. It's what people gather around, it's generosity in its simplest form, and it's a swagger people have who know what's good. Each Texas Pete hot sauce is packed with bold, balanced flavor. This signature tanginess is what makes it a legendary hot sauce that can be used on just about anything. It's been at the center of dinner table since 1929 and is still heating things up today. You're definitely going to want to try Every flavor. The original hot sauce has a famous secret blend of fermented peppers. The hotter hot sauce is three times hotter than the original, and not for the faint of heart. Sabor by Texas Pete adds authentic Mexican flavor, and their dust-dry seasoning matches the flavor of the original hot sauce and a flavorful dry rub. Tell you what, the other day I was having myself a good old refried bean burrito, and I wanted a little bit of kick to my morning, so I got myself some cha. Texas Pete sriracha sauce, and I smothered those refried beans and that cheese and them eggs and a whole bunch of cha. And it started off my day a correct Texas Pete sauce like you mean it.
Visit TexasPete.com and use the store locator to find Texas Pete products as well as purchase sauces and get recipe inspiration. And use the promo code PODCAST24 for 20% off at TexasPete.com. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with horse picks. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse picks over various country borders. I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com slash left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. All those emails, reports, and presentations are equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. Grammarly can help. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. And isn't that what matters most? Better writing means a stronger impact. Grammarly works across 500,000 apps and websites. You can't escape it. Like the ever-pervasing octopus of malice that is the NSA. Grammarly is watching your every move, making sure that you're doing it right. Data privacy and security are woven into the foundation of Grammarly, into the very essence of its nature. Grammarly is a secure AI writing partner, and it helps your team make their point and move faster, because that's the key there. Work smarter, not harder. Yes, Grammarly. You know how many times it saves me from writing a long, rambling, one-sentence email at 4 o'clock in the morning to my beloved employees? Makes me sound like someone who doesn't just have a BA in theater. All right? I was taught how to be a tree. I was not taught how to survive as an adult. All right? My job was to cry in front of a weird Southern man who just told me all sorts of weird stuff about my body. I didn't learn how to write. So thank you, Grammarly, because you're making me the boss I gotta be to motivate my team to get out there. Oh, man, you don't want to mess with them. Thanks, Grammarly. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free. Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done. 
Leonard Lake would finally succeed on April 24th, 1983, and told Gunner's wife that her husband had left her for another woman and wouldn't be returning. Unsurprisingly, Gunner's wife wouldn't look into his disappearance for another two years. God damn it. That, this seems to be, a, from H.H. Holmes to, to the 1980s here, can you just do that? Yep. Yeah. You, you, Albert Fish did it as well. You're just like, the kid's gone. They ran away. I was watching this uh, this true crime show last night called The FBI Files from the early 90s, which, Great, is, yeah. which is retarded. It's yeah. on the new Netflix. It's, in, it's on Netflix. Recently added on Netflix. And uh, that's what they say. One, one of the police officers was talking about a bunch of missing women. It's, it's like, if you are an adult, you are legally allowed to disappear. Yeah. You right. can just disappear. Yeah, and uh, what Leonard Lake would do uh, is when he killed somebody, he would write letters to uh, their re- like he would find out who he needed to contact to uh, pretty much keep these people from being reported missing. He wasn't able to do it every time, but a lot of times he was able to pick up these people who were kind of drifters. He did it with the Vietnam vet that he would just write a letter and send it off to one of their friends and be like, hey, you know, I came up to, you know, Sacramento and I found a job, so I'm going to stay here. See you later. Very similar to H.H. Holmes again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, And so... This is another weird thing that kind of points towards cricket is that when Gunner's body was found, and this is, by the way, when Charles Ng was still in prison, police discovered that he was killed by not one gun, but two, uh, which strongly suggests that since Ng was in prison, the only other partner that Leonard Lake had was cricket, strongly suggests that they killed Fat Charles together. Is it possible that Lake freaked out and he just grabbed two guns with both of his hands? <laughs> or like he's in a crazy, like he's in a John Woo movie, like yeah. he's Yosemite Sam. Yeah, just pop, 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 pop. It's like white doves come out from behind him. Yeah, but like really fat pigeons. <laughs> and this entire time, Lake had been constructing. With the help of a local boy named Randy. Oh, nothing like a good old boy named Randy. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He was constructing the bunker that would become his version of the collector's underground cell. Now, meanwhile, in Kansas, Charles Ng was cooling his heels in Fort Levensworth, serving 18 months for the theft charge. Ng and Lake this entire time had been keeping up a close correspondence. Like Ng would or Lake would send Ng like naked pictures of cricket. He'd send him naked pictures of other women that he had convinced to take pictures for him. And he'd also send him detailed plans of the torture bunker that he was building. Which is very interesting. He sent that right into a prison. Right. (laughs) And then Ng would send him naked pictures of himself with his penis tied behind his... uh, With his penis tied behind (laughs) his legs. Look, 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 look. I make a vagina for you. It's just me. It's extending friendship to friend. You you don't have to send back a picture. Every time I send you a picture, don't even bother sending back another picture. (laughs) Mike, my other thing, too, is that you feel that if Leonard, like, didn't ever, like... If he skipped a letter with no pictures of cricket, like, nude or any other various, like, blacked-out-eyed woman nude, that he, like, Leonard, like, Charles Ng would write a letter back just being like... You feeling okay, buddy? <laughs> you no send nude. Everything okay? You seem preoccupied. <laughs> Polaroids broke, so Polaroid machine broke there. Camera. And Ng, quite the chatterbox about all of this. Everything that he would, that Leonard would tell him, Ng would tell to his fellow cellmates. And that wasn't the only thing that he would talk about. He would talk all the time about his plans to train and assemble a paramilitary unit to help him rob banks, to help him steal missiles from military bases so he could shoot down passenger jets. 
He'd talk about how he wanted to bomb bus stations, and he would, of course, talk a lot about torturing women, which his fellow mm. inmates said he had, quote, quite the imagination for. I still like the continuing of the no pain, no gain, no care, no thrill. Where's the beef? <laughs> Where is the beef? That's a good question. Got milk? Yeah. Yeah, you got milk? I got milk. Hey, I put my rid my rid editor I got here. Hey, I make yeah. milk all day round. Little known fact, and came up with the majority of slogans we use today for beef and uh, milk products. Time to make the donuts. Uh, yes, that's correct. That's time right. to make some donuts. Time no. for me to make your donut, and I got all uh, sorts of icing down here in my icing pouch. You know, he always starts off really. If we just take the first sentence, I think we can use that for the slogan. Have it your way, <laughs> and by having it your way, I mean I do you from behind. Mm, I think we'll have it your way. Very good, Charles. Thank you. So after 18 months, amazingly, Ang was not sent back to Hong Kong because Charles Ng was not an American citizen. He was a Hong Kong citizen who had faked a birth certificate to get uh, in, to gain entry into the Marines. So that's one of the reasons why people say that's probably why he didn't get deported because through some sort of clerical error, his birth was still listed as, like I think, Indiana on his records. Mm. So they just let him back out into the general population and Ng rejoined with... Leonard Lake in July of 1984. Again, lack of detail-oriented police officers have kept these people on the streets. Well, this isn't the yeah. police. This is corrections officers. It was the same thing with the FBI files. the military. If you ever watched the series The FBI Files on Netflix, basically with that entire show it was about how the FBI like fucks up, fucks up, fucks up <laughs> until they somehow randomly catch the criminal. Right, for a speeding ticket or something like that. But, but yeah. these were actual files, paperwork that, you know, I mean, it's up to these people's uh, eyebrows. And there's It's so easy to uh, make a mistake in these situations. Yeah, this, I mean, and they're not really looking. This is just some little guy that got caught stolen stealing some weapons and the military let him in so you would think that you know that betting process he would have been been caught there yeah you'd think so but unfortunately not so the day after charles ing reappeared in leonard lake's life leonard's journal which he kept up every single day for over a year the entries suddenly stopped the last entry he would write for two months would be a short little story about how he had tried to teach Charles Ng how to drive that day. <laughs> Charles wow. Ng, okay, was not a great driver. What do you mean? He was a very bad driver. In San Francisco, no. he got into two car accidents. In the first week, he tried driving. Uh, he got into another car accident with, when uh, he turned right in the front of a big truck a couple months later uh, from one of the trucks that they had stolen. But I heard he was very good at dragging a basket with two sticks on the side of it and had wheels on it with people <laughs> sitting in it. Right, and that's why you can't believe stereotypes. Just look at Charles Ng. He loved playing with nunchucks. He pretended to be a ninja. He kicked pencils out of people's hands with his Terrible. feet. Driver. Terrible driver. You cannot believe stereotypes. Super thick glasses. Thick glasses. Loved Bruce Lee. I mean, <laughs> this guy is just... Breaking barriers. Yes. So the first victim following Ng's release was Albert Gialetti, a 36-year-old openly gay DJ at a small San Francisco radio station. Gialetti had placed an ad in The Spectator, which is San Francisco's local underground paper, 
offering, quote, oral sex for straight men. Ng answered the ad, walked in, and killed Gialetti in his own apartment. Like a real Oof. piece of shit. Yeah, like a real piece of shit. And really what, what I think they don't... You know, what I think this is, is that this is Ng's first known murder. I think yeah. this is Leonard Lake saying, like... You got to okay, get out there. You got to get into yeah, it. Yeah, you got to get out there. You got If you want to take part in this, if you truly want to be a part of what we're doing, you got to go out and kill somebody. You yeah, got to get something out of the way. So, And these people, of course, did not hold homosexuals in high opinion. So they figure easiest thing to do is figure... Find a guy in you know the in the want ads in the spectator, mm. go and kill him, and no one's gonna give a fuck. And you know what? They were completely and totally right. If I was Leonard Lake, I would not be thrilled that the guy I told I said go kill somebody, and then he killed a famous DJ. He wasn't yeah, a famous. A he wasn't. I mean, but a the guy was DJ. on air on a daily basis. He's I would still assume a public persona. Trust me, I've been a DJ on the radio before. They're not gonna miss him all oh, so, that much. Yeah, yeah. So, it's, oh, it's right. I've been a DJ on a small radio <laughs> yeah. station before. It's if you're gone, people don't really know. Is that the other form of the less dead? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, black prostitutes and DJs. Oh man. Yeah, FM DJs, dime a dozen, man. It's totally fine. So, with his first murder out of the way, Aang was ready to join Lake in their first mass murder. See, many of Lake's letters mention the desire to step up from photography to full-on video for the M-Lady sessions. And that equipment would be stolen from Harvey Dubs, owner of Video Dubs, a small self-run business that specialized in filming weddings, christenings, bar mitzvahs, and other such events. And less than a month after Ng was released from prison, he and Lake showed up at the Dubs household under the guise of renting said equipment. But unfortunately for the Dubs family, Lake and Ng would in fact be there to murder every single one of them. And this is legitimately mm. a reason why I just use I was I had a piece of furniture that I was going to try and sell on Craigslist and this was a, I cited this example of being like this is why I don't let random people come into my house. And this is the truth. It's just a straight up if you're doing Craigslist, I will tell you this. Find a, a a safe meeting ground or like leave it outside. Don't let them know what apartment you're you're at. Because this is what happens, is that your entire <laughs> yeah. family, they go in there while the Dubs family is eating dinner, they check out the enti- they check out all the equipment, and then Leonard Lake and Charles Ng take the entire family at gunpoint to a rape bunker. Yeah. Yeah, they, they heard him into the van telling them, like, listen, we don't, we only want your money. And Ng, by the way, he said later that Leonard Lake... Committed all of the murders. Of course. Ng was completely, they, they both threw each other under the bus as yeah, much as yeah, humanly yeah. possible. Of course. And he said that Lake broke into the Dubs apartment, herded him out into the van after dark, uh, and told him that he only wanted the money, strangled him, and then buried him in holes he had already dug. It was no, This was not a crime of passion. It wasn't something mm. that they, uh, it just so happened that things out of, got out of control and they killed him. This was premeditated. But Their plan was to go in, get the, go in, kill the family, and steal the equipment. But they How? raped the wife. They took the husband, they murdered the husband immediately, they took the woman into the M lady holding room, and then they don't know what they did to the baby. Well, they yeah, they don't know what they did to the baby, yeah. but they certainly didn't raise it to be president. They didn't? <laughs> 
No, huh? Yeah, because it was huh. it was a uh, a husband, a wife, and their 16-month-old child. Uh, and mm. Ng claimed that he didn't know what happened to the baby, but another cellmate later testified that Ng told him that Leonard forced him to kill the baby as a training exercise, like the urban legend about the no- Nazi SS officers mm. having to raise a puppy and then having to kill it upon graduation. That's why we got to arm puppies and babies. They <laughs> all need guns. I think every baby and puppy should have a collar on it with a grenade on the front I of it. I agree. And that that baby or dog can be trained <laughs> to pull the pin on the grenade in case they're ever stolen. That'll be in Look Who's Talking 8, <laughs> the militarized baby. Na- Suicide watch. <laughs> <laughs> that same cellmate also said that Aang went into extreme detail about exactly what had transpired that night after they had abducted the family and taken them back to the torture bunker. This is, by the way, the exact court transcripts. And now just remember that uh, his cellmate was named Maurice LaBerge. Yes, Maurice LaBerge. Did you tell Maurice LaBerge that you tried the asshole death grip on Deborah Dubs. No. Did you tell Maurice LaBerge that the asshole death grip is to strangle a girl with her pantyhose and twist it as you are fucking her in the ass? No. <laughs> Don't, this is real, Henry. Please. <laughs> yes, it, it is real, but this also this speaks yeah. to just the horrible douchebaggery of Charles Ng, that he had these horrible names for these things. Well, he's just right. a piece of shit. He's, he's just, just a, I keep saying piece of shit, but that's just what they are. He's yeah. a nasty little garbage man who's yeah, just yeah. like, all he is, he likes everything sneaky and stealing. And <laughs> it's just horrible. So, I feel bad that he's Asian. I don't even want to be using the Asian voice. You know what I mean? Oh, right. yeah, just, you this, don't want to be using the Asian voice? I'm just The one saying. time that we've, oh, so you're not, you're saying that you're not enjoying that we actually have a killer from Hong Kong? It does provide certain liberties. <laughs> it does. So this pretty much ends the second episode yeah. of uh, Leonard Lake and Charles Ng. In the third episode, uh, we're going to get a little bit more serious. We're going to get heavier. Yeah, it's um, going to be much heavier. What we're going to learn about Leonard Lake and Charles Ng is that the uh, you know, they are probably two of the worst criminals we'll cover in all of last podcast and the they're as, they're as bad as they as they get yeah um they killed entire families they killed babies uh raped women and murdered uh, adult men they did all of it they tortured and killed and beat and stole and did, they were horrible people yeah. um and did it with glee Yes, and not the television show Glee. <laughs> they didn't sing the whole time, huh? No, it was not an acapella thing. No. Huh. No, there were a bunch of scumbags and schmucks, and that's why we mock them. And uh, again, yes, like Henry said, if you have something to sell, uh, Craigslist, just do it at a Starbucks. Yeah, all right. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Uh, let's see here. What do we do now? We do. Let's do a Twitter thing. Yeah. Uh, so you can find Marcus Parks on Twitter at Marcus Parks, and uh, I'm at Ben Kissel. Henry Zabrowski is at Henry Loves You, and I don't use Instagram that much, but I figured you use Instagram quite a bit, so people should find you on there. Yes, find me on Instagram. Yeah, it's I'm- at, at Doctor Fantasty. D R F A N T A S T Y. And go and follow me on uh, Spotify. I've got a bunch oh. of playlists over there that you can check out you know i'm working on some cool projects over there so yeah go follow me go follow me on there and we can trade some music
Seriously, please follow him. Uh, it really gives his life purpose. It does. And it I really know. does. Yeah. So, it, but if no one follows, then <laughs> oh no, I've got I've got a, a few. All right, I got a couple people follow me out there, and well, I very much appreciate each and every one of you. I love it. I will tell you a little bit, a really quick Christmas story. So. Uh, one thing I'll say about Christmas is uh, one thing I like about it is that every Christmas tree sales booth, the salesmen at the Christmas tree booths are always fucking hammered. No matter where drunk. you are, they're always drunk. Oh, Jesus. Yes. The two of them next to Jackie's house. Jackie has got a. The Jackie Christmas is tree, your sister. My sister. They have a uh, Christmas tree selling thing right oh. next to her place. Mm-hmm. They got so drunk. They accidentally set fire <laughs> to a whole section of the trees. You, ca- I was coming on a block, literally live fire happening with a fireman putting out with a fire hose, literally just saying, Christmas is over. <laughs> Christmas is over. Well, that's a yeah. hell of a day for the fireman. Oh, God, years with those fucking drunk assholes. One of them sleeps in the porta potty sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking disgusting. I love those guys. They're doing great. They're doing God's work, They're selling Christmas trees to a bunch of Satanists. The real version of elves. <laughs> yeah, they are. They are. Vagrants. Elves have trailers. And if you guys want your last podcast on the left t-shirt, go to cavecomedyradio.com slash merch. Uh, if you order by December 20th, then you have a very good chance of getting your uh, getting your uh, t-shirt, t-shirt in yeah. by, uh, to set by Christmas. Uh, the last shipment we're sending out is going to be on December 21st, so be sure to get them. Uh, before then, especially if you're getting a medium, because we're running a little low on medium. So be sure to get in there and get those things. Or that's right. And that's good to hear people are getting smaller. <laughs> Isn't that nice? It doesn't make any sense. Last time we ran out of larges first, so I ordered more of them. Now we're running out of mediums first. It doesn't make any sense. Well, ordering I, t-shirts is hard. If I know anything about the larger person, we like to get to things first, including buffets and t-shirts. So that's what we do. <laughs> well, hail Satan, everyone. Hail yourselves. And hi, Ogeen, and also thank you uh, to Megan Fierro-Ru, and Sammy uh, Coglin for uh, their research uh, help. And also thank you to Jose for taking care of all of our T-shirts. And if you see a priest this Christmas season, pull his pants down. That's Make well, him it's... feel like a little boy. <laughs> mm, that's right. Don't they wear frocks? I don't know. Fucking beat him up. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to cavecomedyradio.com. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific time, only on Netflix. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley. For the love of home.